welcome to the Love, Heal, Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Erin Gray. Are you struggling with allergies, stuffy nose, itchy eyes, or acid reflux? Well, you might be surprised to find out in this episode how they were actually all related. And it doesn't even stop there. We dive into the destiny cards, the Enneagram, and love language for a complete playbook. If you'd like to follow along with all of our great charts, you can click the link below. Let's get started. Welcome to the Love, Heal, Thrive podcast. I am here with just an incredible guest who just makes me so happy every time I see her and is just full of so much joy and spirit and love. And I am so excited to dive into some of your physical ailments and give your whole family an incredible playbook uh, that I think is going to just make your incredible world even more incredible. I'm so happy you are here. So I first, I want to start with our Love, Heal, Thrive definition. So what does the word love mean to you? Well, love is a feeling to me. It's very Mm -hmm. much like a warmth, an encompassing, cocooning, safety, just the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. Just luxurious. I mean, it's got so many facets to it, Mm -hmm. depending on... Um, the situation and the people around you, mm-hmm. but I feel it encompasses every part of life. Mm-hmm. And I love that word cocoon. That's <laughs> actually, I'm actually going to use that word in just a little bit. I think that is such a perfect word for you to define love with. I think it's perfect. Heal. What does the word heal mean to you? Um, I I feel it means like you're breaking out of a trauma cycle that mm-hmm. has been part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're all familiar with like healing from superficial wounds or things like that. But I think on a deeper level, it's really going in deep to that core of yourself mm-hmm. and healing from that, like birth trauma, mm-hmm. all young child trauma through teens, adult, everything mm-hmm. that you've um, come across in your life. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And we do that so that we then no longer attract those same things into our life, mm-hmm. right? Our body is always trying to fill and heal. It's always looking for equilibrium. So as we have those those trauma experiences, our body is trying to attract that same experience so that it can then bring balance and equilibrium and healing to the body. Mm-hmm. So I love it. And thrive. What does thrive look like to you? Gosh, you do a lot of thriving in your life, honestly. (laughs) I think thriving is a celebration. Um, I think it's after you've overcome obstacles or you've you've been healing and you're you're the butterfly coming out Mm. of that cocoon and you're Mm. ready to soar Mm -hmm. that's what I feel that um, thrive is Mm, I totally agree (laughs) and in fact that's so interesting that you would bring that up today I was on a walk earlier and we were talking about have you ever seen uh because she was talking about that she was over helping her 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 children or she was feeling like she was over helping mm-hmm. and I don't know have you ever seen that meme where it talks about the girl who sees the butterfly struggling trying to get out of the cocoon so she's the the butterfly is struggling trying to push its way through the hole of the cocoon and the girl's like oh my gosh like she she shouldn't have to struggle and so she uh, broke off a piece of the cocoon and then the butterfly was able to get out except that part of the process of the butterfly being born is that it pushes all the water out of the wings mm-hmm. by going through that squeezing through that tight little hole so then when um, the butterfly came out then it wasn't able to fly because there's still water in the wings oh, and so yeah. she had to struggle 
in order to fly. And so it's kind of this really great life metaphor that is, you know, that butterfly having, you know, it's so hard, especially as parents, right, to watch our kids struggle. But Mm -hmm. knowing that they they need to struggle to, you know, build resiliency, to build those muscles of disappointment and so that then they can go on and, you know, be amazing citizens of this world. (laughs) Exactly. And I, you know, I, I get to see it because I'm a teacher and I work with Mm -hmm. small children. So, Mm -hmm. um, they do struggle and it's like, well, I, the only thing I will do is let me show you, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it for you. I'll show you and now you do it and you show me (gasps) because how else are they going to learn if they don't get to experience it? I love that. And now you show me. I love yeah. that. And that I'm sure then they're really excited to show you too. Yeah. And then I'll say, you know, a lot of times they'll ask for help and I'm like, well, show me what you got so far. Right. And then they'll actually do it. I go, see, you didn't need my help. Right. You got it all right. on your own. Good yeah. for you. So yeah. good. Well, your number is a great teacher, <laughs> um, but I actually don't even want to begin there. Um, I would love, if you are open to, I'd love for you to share just maybe a little bit of the the physical ailments that, that brought you here today, and then we're going to begin there with just the energetic and emotional analysis there, that mapping there, and then and then dive into your numbers and how all of that works with your family. Okay. We have lots of good stuff all okay. laid out for you. <laughs> sure. Um, well... My number one thing that I've struggled with in terms of physical is um, allergies. I've Mm -hmm. had them probably since my early to mid-20s, and they never completely go away. And it's um, characterized by, you know, stuffy nose, itchy eyes. Way back when, it also used to include itchy throat, really, really uncomfortable symptoms. Mm -hmm. And then more recently, the other ailment is acid reflux. So when I went through the period of menopause, that just kind of popped up and I didn't know what it was. And um, because I didn't know what it was for um, people that are listening, they might experience this as well. It felt like I was having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. So I ended up in the emergency room several times Mm -hmm. because um, it felt like a heart attack with chest pain down my arm into my um, jaw and all that. And so finally Mm -hmm. some doctor said, well, it's either allergies or it's acid reflux. And I'm like, okay, well, this is news to me because I've never experienced it before. And now that I know, obviously knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. So I know how, when I feel it coming on, I know a better how to deal with it Mm -hmm. a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So... No, and thank you for sharing that because I'm sure that there are lots of people that are struggling with that that they don't know. And it'll be interesting when we draw that connection because in the energetic, emotional world, they're actually almost one in the same, Mm -hmm. which is really fascinating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what I did to kind of dive into this is I looked up the emotional reasoning behind each of those ailments Mm -hmm. in this great emotional book that I have uh, that is not always the kindest. So I tried to um, just pull out what I wanted out of there because he's not always the nicest. I have it if we want it for backup, but uh, I think this tells a pretty interesting story and and then how we apply that to your energetic and subtle body. So allergies is on the edge functioning due to severe emotional difficulties and denying of their own power and self-worth. So I want you to think about that 
in, you said that this began in your 20s. Mm-hmm. So our solar plexus develops between the ages of 14 and 21. And this energy center is all about our self-worth, our self-worth and gold. It is about um, our image. It is where we hold on to control. It is where fear exists. Um, it is all of these things. So number one. <laughs> okay. And that makes a whole lot of sense to me. And that is something I can connect with. Mm-hmm. What you've said is just spot on for mm-hmm. me growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stuffy knows not recognizing self-worth, helplessness creates congestion, anger generates inflammation. I'm going to say that again, because when I read that, I could totally relate to that mm-hmm. myself. And I've never heard it that way. And I thought it was just fascinating. So helplessness, which like hopelessness, helplessness mm-hmm. creates congestion because we don't know where to go. We don't know how to move forward. We don't know what to do. We're stuck. And so it's congested, just like traffic, traffic of the body and of the emotions. And anger generates inflammation because we are hot. We are bothered. We are creating all this heat in TCM. Anger is called heat, like it's heat trapped in the body. Mm-hmm. And so when we have pink eye, they actually call it liver fire because it it shows up in our eye, but it's really this heat that is trapped in our liver. Wow. That's so, so amazing, right? That yes. TCM would then, of course, TCM would recognize that as heat, but that it is anger generates inflammation because of that heat trapped in the body. All from a stuffy nose, right? Yeah. We think, oh, there's yeah. there's so but much it, here. I, it, it, I can relate to that, though. Now that with that explanation, I'm, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can totally see that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So itchy eyes, mm-hmm. head in the ground response. So like it talked about like being an ostrich kind of, but like kind of awareness avoidance as they become threatened by the prospect of seeing clearly their life history on their way to enlightenment, which is amazing. You're on your way to enlightenment. <laughs> Love that. Fear, grief, and guilt coming up as an impending breakout from self-limitations looming on the horizon. They were never supposed to get this far, and there is a feeling of family betrayal, self-endangerment, and grief as they progress along. So what I pulled from here, if you can see uh, all the writing on here, I kept black, except for that every single one of these has the same theme, and so I did that in red, mm-hmm. was never supposed to get this far, is also not recognizing self-worth. It is, it, it's all circling around this self-worth, this self-love, right? This same, this same message is showing up with, with all of these allergy symptoms, which, you know, they also say like, what are you allergic to? You know, like, um, meaning, is there a situation you're allergic to? Is there Mm -hmm. a person you're allergic Mm -hmm. to? But to me, I feel like this, reaches somewhere very much deeper. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it reaches a different part of the soul talking yeah. about this. And I'll, I'll agree with that because it, it made me have an emotional response when you just read that. Mm. Like it's definitely like a deep hurt in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you are so love. I can't <laughs> wait to get through this whole hour because there's so much love and you are full of so much love and deserving of so much love. But I think What I love about this playbook for you is that it's going to just be this guide for you that shows you how, how to get there and like will very clearly point in what direction you want to take your healing journey. So I'm excited. I'm so happy you're here. (laughs) So that is, that is allergies. Heartburn 
is a sense of impending attachment for undeserved joy. So again, this belief of undeservedness, this belief of not recognizing self-worth, this I see myself, you know, the myself in gold, like the worthy of myself is is gold. Getting what they want for once. So heartburn itself. So I'm curious at what age the heartburn started. So listen to this and then think about this because I think this is really interesting. Getting what they want for once and feel like they shouldn't, that it violates the cosmic and moral order somehow and have intense abandonment and betrayal paranoia based on past lives. Okay, so the acid reflex slash heartburn started for me uh, in premenopause. Okay. And at that point, though, did you feel like some good things were happening in your life? It was the time when I had just gone through a divorce. Okay. So there was a big change. Right. So I could see how those types of feelings would come up surrounding that because it was my decision and I decided to in essence, split our family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it was definitely a healthy move for me. Right. And for him as well. Right. Right. But that actually makes a lot of sense getting mm-hmm. what they want for once, but feel like you shouldn't. Yeah. So there's guilt, guilt around that decision, mm-hmm. even though it was the right choice for you. Right. Yeah. And I would also say taking a step back and looking at that from a, like kind of a larger view. I mean, heartburn that does, you know, it, it does burn when, Mm -hmm. when that, even the choices that are right for us can still, um, there's a process, there's a grief process, no matter what, Mm -hmm. like it can still be the right choice and we can still grieve that choice for a while. And it can, it can burn as a, as a kind of back, you know, kind of like a larger, larger view of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Acid conditions, judgmentalness-based, subconscious, fearful hate of all kinds, reflecting the intimate enemy treatment they received from their family. So I know that sounds a little mm. kajarbled. I know that's a word. I just made it. I just made it up. Okay, so I have a good, so when I read this, the image that popped into my head was, do you remember the book of questions? Like I back don't. in the eighties, it was like nineties. There's a book that was like 300 book, 300 questions. That it's like conversation starters. Oh, and so, they're at a board game. So they have them as board games now. Yeah. I had the book. So maybe okay. there was a board game. I, I had the book, but game. it was like my favorite book. And I brought the book of questions everywhere. It totally. So it annoyed people because I wanted that connection and they uh-huh. didn't necessarily. So when I read this, I wondered if you were a pusher of the book of questions as well, or if you were wanting that intimacy. It would make sense based on what we're going to talk about later, that you, were you the one in your family trying to gain connection or bridge connection or create intimacy like would, in, your, in your childhood family? I would have to say yes, and a little background you already know, Erin, but um, I was adopted. So for me, mm-hmm. it was super important to feel like I belonged mm-hmm. and to feel connected, which is why now family is so important mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Mm-hmm. So and so part of this, what this is basically saying is that there was like a little bit of like people were annoyed with your book of questions, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
So was there ever a feeling like, so this is actually really interesting for me too. This is just, you know, things come into our life when we need it the most too. So I've been healing acid reflux as well. So I I thought this was interesting, the, the book of questions. And so do you see that? And can you relate to that in your childhood that, um, that there was, while you were creating that, it was more important to you than maybe it felt as important to the other people around you? Probably so. Mm-hmm. I think probably so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the so all the red highlights here, <laughs> um, and I will actually put uh, only the assessments there. That's nothing personal um, on here. I will actually put this on the notes down below um, because I think it is really interesting to see. I'm just going to read the highlighted red parts now. Okay. Denying of their own power and self-worth, not recognizing self-worth. They were never supposed to get this far. Reflecting the intimate enemy treatment they received from their family. Book of question haters. (laughs) (laughs) Sense of impending attachment for undeserved joy. So all of that revolves around this same energy center. It's all around the solar plexus, which which is digestive, but we... Mm -hmm you know, from a very, you know, broadcast view, we'd say, oh, your stomach's hurting, solar plexus, right? But but it's more than that. It's way deeper than that. As it is about our worth in gold, it is about knowing self and loving self and honoring self. It is about, um, and again, this developed during the ages of 14 to 21. And so looking at that time period and giving love there. And each of our chakras is connected to one of our senses. Mm -hmm. And so secondarily, our third chakra is connected to our eyes. So, um, so to have the itchy eyes, Mm -hmm. um, connected to this emotional piece here is, it's just really powerful, right? It's actually all, even though we feel like it is all these different components it's actually this one part of you this little child within you who deserves to know that she is enough that she is more than enough she is gold she is the universe here wrapped in this the clothes that we have for this soul right our bodies are just the clothes that we we wear for this for this go around and um, to know that you are divine to know that you are this whole and complete, body here, um, in this space and, and the lessons that you learned going through what you went through, which was just incredible as a child that you are now this embodiment of love and you are healing your inner child. Every time you take care of one of those little children in your classroom, you are caring and loving. And I think being really in intentional about, Caring for your younger self in when you're caring in that classroom, I think is like, you know, even just, you know, subconsciously, like you don't have to consciously think about it, but just maybe set intention and say, I'm healing my own little self, you know, in, in every effort that I take. And Mm -hmm. I think too, you know, even I'm actually seeing like in your mirror, if you want in your bathroom, like in your mirror every morning, like write something at the top of your mirror that says, you know. I am loved, I am worthy, I am whole, I am complete, 
I am divine. I'm a divine goddess, whatever it is that, Mm -hmm. but so that you see that reflection with that wording every morning, um, just for a, a while, unless it sticks and you love it and you want to keep changing messages. Um, I often put printouts in my girls' bathrooms and hang them on their mirror. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the, when you see yourself in the morning, have a message. But would you like to share anything about that? How is that feeling? How is that? I. It feels good when you say it. It feels good to have words put to maybe what I didn't have words for. Mm. Um, I mean, when you were talking, it it took me back to my childhood and what I experienced growing up as an adopted child and mm-hmm. not quite feeling like I belonged. And that it, it, we could delve into a whole mm-hmm. several hours on this, but it was, I feel there were things that were said to me growing up that made me feel like I didn't belong. And so mm-hmm. like I wasn't worthy, like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't meant to be here. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's something that I've tr- been working on for a very long time and there are certain times when it, it you th- hit that little trigger and it's right back to square one almost mm-hmm. that it's like all those emotions come back and you you feel that little child's feelings again mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um yeah I, it really um makes a lot of sense to me mm-hmm. absolutely and you know that little girl she runs the show mm-hmm. even now So until we heal her and help her to feel whole and complete, then we respond as an adult woman like the Mm five-year-old, right? And um, and that's the beauty of this work is when she can just be held. And so even in meditation, like when you are meditating, if you want to first invite her onto your lap first, like your, your inside lap and give her a hug and hold her. And then do your meditation from that place. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a really be like, okay, we're going to meditate together, mm-hmm. right? And to to invite her in first, because as we love up on her and honor her and hold her, then then she becomes more whole and complete. And then it heals through the timeline and through it heals through the energetic timeline. And mm-hmm. then we are more whole and complete here in present day. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Let's just take a great big deep breath on that one first. Okay. <sighs> so good. But it doesn't even end there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I actually want to dive into the Destiny cards because I actually think okay. this, well, it's not even diving. It's not departing from what we're talking about right now because it actually um, echoes what what we're talking about. So you are a 10 of hearts. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about a 10 of hearts playing card, there are all of the hearts around, but there's actually a hole in the middle. So there's no heart in the middle. It looks like a cocoon. I love it. So it is all lots and lots and lots of love, like surrounding you. It is tons of hearts all around you and what the Ten of Hearts needs to needs to be aware of and work on and can be her function is the same as here. Inviting that little girl in with her to focus on and give love and time and attention to herself. Because with that hole in the middle, it's like we give all of our love and attention to everybody else. And 
we forget about that person in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so by pausing and giving love, and in fact, the Enneagram number that you are does the same thing. <laughs> this is why the, I, this process to me is so fascinating and so cool um, because it all echoes each other. But then when you can know what your plan is, then you can move forward diligently and more efficiently. And we all want to be more efficient. So <laughs> We do. <laughs> So as that 10 of hearts, she, she needs to make sure that she um, cares for oneself. So <clears throat> you are great with children. Tens make really great loving. A 10 of hearts makes a loving teacher. So you are all about your feelings. You feel your way through the world. So, and you can tell all of your family members and your friends, if they want the best answer from you, you can tell them to ask you, how do you feel about Mm -hmm. this? Because you are a heart. So you want to tell people how you feel. You want to be asked how you feel. So it is all about feeling and tens. You know, the high side of 10 is they are incredible teachers. They have um, enormous amounts of love and caretaking Um, The low side of that is they call it the princess card. Mm. (laughs) So they can be the princess in love. So which um, as long as you're the high side of the princess who is caring for her people and taking care of them, that's a beautiful place to be. Mm -hmm. Um, The low side of the princess can be, you know, a little demanding. And I'm not going to do that. Like, I need you to do that is usually shows up when she hasn't taken as much care and time for herself. That that totally makes sense. (laughs) Uh, But I I have to say I'm more on the other end, the giving, loving part of it. It really takes a lot for me to get to the other princess. The other princess. Yes, it does. Uh, we all love to but, wear the crown, you know, though. There, there, there is a trigger point at which that that princess will come out. Yep, yep. And we are going to talk about that, actually. Um, so as your Enneagram is the same as mine, yay. So we can talk for hours on this. Um, so two, one wing. So you are the servant. Mm-hmm. You are literally called the servant. <laughs> If that doesn't tell you that you have to pause and take time for yourself, I don't know what does. (laughs) So if you want to look at your Enneagram chart that is there, uh, you can look at the the colorful one that I've written all over, the little triangles. Yeah, flip it over. So I'm going to talk you through it. It won't be so confusing. But so as a two, a two is you are either compliant, you are either withdrawn or you are assertive. So, and in perfect balance, you are all three of those things. So this helps to lead us toward where we can bring more balance into our life. So as a two, you are compliant. And as a one, you are compliant. So as a two, you integrate to four. And so the four is the artist. It knows who they want to be. They know themselves. They see the beauty and the brokenness. They want to caretake. Um, You know, my love letter every week is a perfect example of my fourness, right? Mm -hmm. Like I see things, I share the patterns that I see. I share something personal. It's, you know, it comes from my heart. High Sai Afford is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful and it's artistic and wonderful and Um, you know, and I know that you dive into all sorts of great ways to show your art. 
So we disintegrate to eight, <laughs> which is um, the low side of eight is like, get out of my way. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it is, uh, you know, just um, kind of bulldozery, right? Like it is, um, it is the challenger. And when a two goes to eight, they are not going to hear you. They're they're going to boss around. They're going to boss orders, and you know, it, it's not very pretty. <laughs> and I can say this. Because I am the exact same number. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that boss is hanging out with that other princess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so as a two, well, here let's let's stick to this really quick. So you integrate to four and you disintegrate to eight. And so, is there one of those that feels like to you feels like a stronger? Do you find yourself in one or two one of those places more than the other? So you mean either between the four and the eight? Yeah. I'm definitely more the four. Okay. Okay. So if you see on there, it says that four is withdraw. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, as an eight, the eight is assertive. So in order to not get pushed to your limits, (laughs) she's like, I know what's coming next. In order to not get pushed to your limits, if there's ways that you can proactively be assertive to ask for what you want, ask for what you need. And I know as a two, one of the worst things we have to do is ask for what, because let me tell you, as a two, you know people's needs before they know their needs. Mm -hmm. And you need to know, and I I speak to you like a fellow two, (laughs) No one knows their needs like you know their needs. Like they, the sooner you can learn that the rest of the world is not a two and is not as sensitive. You know, once I I took a, we had a class, Beatrice Chestnut came to, who's a renowned Enneagram teacher. Mm-hmm. She had come to Love, Heal, Thrive. And she talked about if emotions were money, a two would have a million dollars and a nine would have 10 cents. <laughs> However, however, um, this is going to come later on. This will be important later on. However, the nine will feel like they've given you all 10 cents. So like they've like given you everything, right? They've given you all 10 cents. I've given you one, two, three, four, five, six, nine, 10 pennies. I've given you all my pennies. But you are working with a million dollars in your bank, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're like, I need more. I need more. Like, I want to feel more. I feel more because your son is a 9-1. So (laughs) this is why later on this is going to be very important that we're having this conversation right now. But to understand that as a 2, you just feel, you feel a lot. And so withdrawing Mm -hmm. is really important. Yes. But also being assertive because you have a stronger line to 4, learning how to be proactively assertive. Mm-hmm. And, um, and sometimes, sometimes gray rock, you know, that that's also important as an eight, like in dealing with eights is no, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, it's just how it is. Right. And which is totally not in our wheelhouse mm-hmm. to, to be like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, it is what it is. Oh, well, I can't do anything about it, but just, Sitting in that place of autonomy and strength, because I'm telling you, an eight would be like, well, whatever, I I need to do what I need to do. It's fine. Right. And so while we can't 
get there entirely as a two, we can get a little bit there. And it actually Mm -hmm. really benefits us to Mm -hmm. show up to a situation and say, hey, you know what? I actually do want to go here for lunch or hey, you know what? I would love, I, you know, I, I started this um, Bible study and this girl in this group was like, oh, my mom gave me this Bible. It's so pretty. Well, both my parents have passed away. And I was like, oh, like that kind of hurt my heart a little bit, but that's okay. But then, so I asked my best friend, I was like, hey, have you, because we always buy each other Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. I was like, have you bought my, have you done any Christmas shopping yet? And she's like, no. I was like, okay. I'm like, do you think that you would buy me a Bible? <laughs> I have a Bible, but not the kind that they use in um, in this in this class. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a great example, though, where I had a need mm-hmm. and I asked someone for it. Right. I asked someone and it's like that feels so much better to me. Right. Because it's like, oh, I was assertive and I'm getting my need taken care of mm-hmm. rather than sitting around being a victim saying, oh, I don't have anybody to buy me this. Um, right. And then feeling sad and victimized. Instead, I turned around and, you know, asked um, somebody who I would love to have that from yeah. for that. Yeah. So like, that's kind of a great example of like getting your needs met in, in ways that you need to, in, in ways that you can and need to get them met. Right. And I'm, I'm finding I can do that with like my family. That's an easier Mm-hmm place to start for Mm -hmm. me but everything you said about the two is (laughs) spot on for me absolutely um just the giving the the example you gave about well I don't I don't care where we go for lunch Mm -hmm. I mean I'm I'm that I'm totally that person (laughs) it's like oh that's sure that's great yeah it feels good to me (laughs) right and uh, I mean the thing is is like a lot of times I don't care like, right. Yeah. So like, yeah. that's fine. Like I don't, we're pretty easy going yeah. like that. Like we are compliant. So I want you to see that is compliance. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and you want all three to find like true balance. So the right. way that you don't hit that wall is to now bring in a little more assertion. Okay. Got a little homework for myself. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so our basic desire as a two is to be loved. Our greatest fear is being unworthy, unloved, or unwanted. <laughs> I'm just laughing because there we go. Acid reflux and allergies. <laughs> there you are, staring me in the face. Yep, exactly. My too. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> um, childhood messaging it's not okay to have your own needs, right? So, this mm-hmm. is that self worth. This is the that you're worthy of having, right? And I think. Knowing that you have needs, it's like knowing that you're worthy to have needs, mm-hmm. right? So I think the deeper layer, if you pull back that onion, is like, I need to be worthy. Am I, am I someone worthy enough to have needs? And the answer is yes. yes. <laughs> that we are divine, right? I think yes. tapping back into that knowing that we are just spiritual beings having a physical experience, right? And so we are made up of divine energy. We are whole and complete. And as we continue to picture that in our mind, it kind of helps to fill in the holes, I feel like. Uh, Never, ever take a two for granted. 
We love our appreciation. Yes, we do. <laughs> so my husband knows this now. After, <laughs> you know, over 20 years of being married, he knows like, oh, honey, wow, it looks so nice. You know, and, I, and I've tried to explain to him. I'm like, look, I don't want to create a codependent situation. But, you know, our therapist said because she didn't get appreciation as a child, it's more important now as an adult to get it. So um, he knows I respond really well if he shows appreciation. <laughs> so it's worked, you know, really well. And um, twos really need to feel appreciated. And the low side of two is there when we when we are not in a great place, we can what's called give to get. So it's like, um, you know, those words that don't come out of my mouth as much as they once did, but it's the... I've done so much. I've done all this for you. You like you need to do this for me, right? And so that mm-hmm. in that tone, actually, oh, yeah. yes, <laughs> in the, in that in that voice, in that tone, yes. um, right? But that is give to get. I've mm-hmm. done all these things for you, so you need to do this for me. But if it was done out of love, then there is no need for it to to have to come back around. Mm-hmm. So. That is when we're in our cranky places um, yes. of two. Mm-hmm. And then uh, never, ever take a two for granted. And then our deterioration is to be needed. So we have to watch getting over committing because we it feels good to be needed. So, um, you know, who who can we take care of and who can, you know, who needs help next? And the thing that we need to be careful about that is making sure And this is the healthy two takes care of their inner circle. The unhealthy two sees everybody else outside, just like, Mm -hmm. oh, I just have chills. Just like the 10 of hearts, right? Like you see everybody outside, but not, not in the center. Right. Right. And so they, they give all this attention to all these other people, but the people that matter the most get taken for granted. Mm -hmm. I'm, I can say I'm guilty of that. And it was more the, I took myself for granted would, mm, would be mm-hmm. my lesson from it. Um, and then I realized I take care of other people so I don't have to focus on me. And that mm-hmm. was a big mm-hmm. learning thing for mm-hmm. me to go, okay, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You need to take care of you. Mm-hmm. You're your number one. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, that totally speaks to me. Yep. Yep. And the message that you needed to hear as a child is you are wanted for just who you are, not for what you do for us. So this whole, and you are, well, you were first quality time, but second acts of service. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, as far as the 10 of hearts, if we look back at that hole and that cocoon, all you wanted was like that time together with someone, like you said yourself, you wanted to feel a part of the family. You wanted mm-hmm. to feel important. So the best way to do that is like, okay, I'm going to spend time with you because I, I want to be included in the family. And so our, our love language derives from this need of how we want to be loved. So we end up loving the way that we want to be loved. Right. And so yeah. looking at that, from a 10 of hearts perspective of like, you know, spending that quality of time does actually fill in that center. So knowing that your goal there is to fill in that center, like how can you fill in that space with time and energy that feeds you? Mm-hmm. And I think through quality time, it does that. Yeah. Um, and I also think 
as a two, I know you're really close in those numbers. As a two, as the helper, we have to be careful to not um, over active service. <laughs> yes. I'm all about the verbs tonight, um, <laughs> right? That we don't want to overactive service because it is, you know, when we're overgiving to everyone else except for ourselves and the people that mean the most to us. Mm-hmm. And a two, our way of thinking is be nice, be kind. Let me tell you what you're doing well and how you are doing great, which is like all my texts all the time to all my children. Amazing. You're wonderful. Great mm-hmm. job. Well, to anyone, let's be honest, not just my children. (laughs) Um, And as a one, do it right. Let me tell you what's wrong here, what you are are doing wrong. Or let me tell you what you're doing wrong. And so as a one, the high side of one is that we are, we want to do it right. Mm-hmm. Right. And we we want to do the right thing, which is all really good. That's really good in this world. We want to do the right thing. But our right thing is different for someone else's right thing. And so part of the one's learning is recognizing and knowing our our right might be different than somebody else's right. Mm-hmm. And then and then the low side of one, there is this judgment um, or yeah, judgment and separation. Like, I can't believe they did that. Or I can't believe they did this, but Mm -hmm. coming to recognize that your right is different than someone else's right. Like, and in fact, every number within the Enneagram would have a different right. Like what they Mm -hmm. believe is the right thing to do. Right. Um, So part of the one's work is to soften a bit and to recognize, okay, we're all doing the best that we can. And it's also okay, like somebody else's job can be good too. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a different idea than me. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts on that? Again, I can totally relate to it. <laughs> yeah. I think I've kind of loosened up on the perfectionist mm-hmm. bit a bit because I do realize I try to be open. That's my thing is like try to be open, try to hear the other person's point of view, perspective, mm-hmm. ideas. Because it just makes me have that many more resources to pull from once I know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can tell you way back when I would have just any little thing. And I I refer to it as my OCD, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, a funny little story. My coworker thought he was helping me. We we had um, recycle boxes, but I didn't have one in my classroom. And he took a regular brown box and he cut off part the sides. And so it'd be like just a box, right? Yeah. And one side was uneven. And he looked at me and he goes, that's going to bug you, isn't it? I go, no, no, it's not. But as soon as he left the room, I right, fixed, fixed it. it. <laughs> so, good. so yes. So there is that little perfectionist right. streak. And there is that, I'll say, not as flattering side when there is the judgment. Yes, mm-hmm. I will own up mm-hmm. to that. That's mm-hmm. true. And I, I see it, I recognize it. And I'm conscious that I want to change that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or to at least balance it out more towards, I guess, what we would call a more flattering. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and I also think part part of the learning for the one is also knowing that you are lovable without being perfect. Yeah. And what um, we talked about in last week's podcast was perfectionism, Mm -hmm. right? And perfectionism is just simply staying ahead of judgment or criticism. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we, we try to be perfect so that we don't give anyone 
cause. opportunity yeah. to judge yeah. or criticize us. Um, and so as we begin to know that we are whole and complete and we are divine, then we allow that, that oneness to soften. Mm-hmm. I like to say I am perfectly imperfect. <laughs> it's so good. Yes. Or, and we're just or imperfectly perfect. Yeah. <laughs> one of the two. Oh, I, I might resonate with that one a little bit more. So to review you, Enneagram healing is taking time to be more assertive. And your destiny card healing is thinking about the cocoon, right? So loving self and taking time for yourself, going into that cocoon. How can you, I I love that visual, by the way, I'm probably going to use that from 10 of hearts from now on, right? Like what can you do in that cocoon that heals and fills you? Like Mm -hmm. knowing that there is this hole here, but, but then you have to, then you get to heal it. What is really fascinating is... My mom was at 10 of hearts. Because mm-hmm. we have the same birthday. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. Okay. <laughs> I should see if there's any other ones because she had all the same symptoms though. That's so me? like, yeah. Oh so as a 10 of hearts, I mean, which makes sense, like all the emotional components. Mm-hmm. Um, but so as, here's my request. If there's uh, any, there's multiple 10 of hearts. If you are a July 30... May 29, September 27, October 25th, uh, November 23rd, or December 21st birthday, and you have any and all of these symptoms, please email me. This is <laughs> this is becoming more and more fascinating to me, yeah. the more and more interviews I'm starting to do, because there's even way more patterns than... Mm-hmm. I even realized would start to show up. Um, And so that I think, you know, in my um, subset of two, (laughs) but it's really interesting. She has all, she had all the same symptoms. So, but they don't have to stay here. I think as you, again, I think this is a beautiful playbook for you because it's showing you, you know, let's meditate with that little girl. Mm -hmm. Let's hold her. Let's feed ourselves within this cocoon, whatever that looks like and whatever that that feels like as whole and complete love. And I think, oh, I just got chills again. Um, I have to say this, like this visual of when you are inside the cocoon, there is no hole, right? So yeah. if you if you look at that 10 of hearts card, but you are inside the middle of that, um, you're, you are the whole. Then you are, you are the, the whole. <laughs> you are exactly. W-H-O-L-E. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So exactly. 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 So good. So good. So good. Whole and complete. Mm-hmm. And um, and holding holding that little girl too, and knowing that she is whole and complete. Um, and then she is the butterfly, mm-hmm. right? All full circle. Woo! Let's breathe that in for a second. <laughs> so good. So good. Okay. Now on to your firstborn son. Okay. He is a seven of diamonds, which is the card of spiritual values. And sevens are wise, they're spiritual, they're metaphysical and analytical. As a seven of diamonds, so as you are to the heart. Mm-hmm. He is to the diamond. So diamonds are all about matter and value. Mm-hmm. And so asking him, you know, why does this matter to you? Or where's the value in this? Mm-hmm. Um, you will begin to get better answers from him. Um, and as he's trying to discern a problem, you can have him look at things like, 
Where's the value in this? Why does this matter? As a seven of diamonds, he is either all high or all low. Yes. So teaching him great, uh, you know, responsible money. Like <laughs> It's interesting you should say that. Yeah. Because I would talk to him about spending money because he likes to spend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would say, well, you need to figure out how many hours you work to create that amount of money to purchase what you want to purchase. Mm. So then you can attribute your time value to the dollar amount. Mm. So good. So good. And did he do that? Uh, for certain things, he would try to figure it out. Okay. Yeah. If it was worth it. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think that's really a great assessment to figure out. Like, yeah. was it worth my time? Right. And I think he's <laughs> been sort of a slow bloomer coming around to attaching value mm-hmm. to things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he will have a, a life pattern that one year is either all high money or all low money, depending on his mindset. So teaching him how to manifest, teaching him gratitude, teaching him manifesting, you know, is going to help him tremendously mm-hmm. um, in the opposite year. So he, he alternates years. So in the other years, he will have the nine of hearts year, which will be kind of maybe ending of relationships or the ending of the toxic part of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Or um, so he can begin to track for himself we're, we're not going to get into this with everybody because we could be here literally all night. Mm-hmm. But for him, it's an interesting pattern because it'll be matter-based and then relationship-based. Matter-based, relationship-based. So you can okay. actually like track it on the years where that's happening. And it is sometimes relationships end. I've seen, I've had clients that like is a clean sweep of their friendships, but then it can also be just that the toxic part of that friendship ends or mm-hmm. um, there's a new beginning to the friendship. And so it just elevates to the next level. For him, he is a five wing six. So he is the problem solver and he is um, withdrawn and compliant, mm-hmm. lacking in assertion. Mm-hmm. So again, you two can help each other by learning to ask more questions and his, his will show up differently. Um, his is fives find security in the solution. So for him, he is an acts of service love language. So did he find as well now as a young man, like part of his place in the family that he solves that problem to kind of secure his place in the family? Like does acts of service as, so is he using acts of service at, and his problem solving to kind of like make himself important in the family? Like, it's like, here, I'll solve the problem. Like here, here's the answer. I would say in more in the act that he performs. Mm-hmm. For example, um, a couple of years ago, it was Mother's Day and he took it upon himself to get my other sons involved and cook dinner for mm-hmm. me on Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's it's more like problem solving. What what's something nice we could do? Mm-hmm. You know that type of a thing. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. a very kind soul. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and he, so he integrates to eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is interesting because you two have very different experiences in eight, mm-hmm. right? So eight on the high side is protecting my loved ones, taking care of my loved ones, mm-hmm. like. Um, I will take care of people who cannot take care of themselves. It is very uh, amazing. It's only on the low side of eight that it gets a little cranky. (laughs) 
Um, and they, he disintegrates to seven. So, um, there in the low side of seven is escapism and gluttony. Like if he likes to buy lots of things or indulge in lots of things, Mm -hmm. right. This is when you, when you see him in there, you can, you know, maybe help him trade out and say, Hey, like, let's, you know, so we want to dive into something like, hey, let's go dive into planting a garden together or, you know, trying to do something a little bit more um, proactive mm-hmm. than than this escapism. And even just him acknowledging and knowing that this is his pattern, he can begin to recognize, OK, I may be at level two of my escapism, like I'm in a bad place, but like, I want to just go run in my room and stay there for four days. But maybe I can take five minutes now in journal and write out what's bothering me and then not have to go so deep into that escape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I see the, when you talked about the gluttony and the purchasing things, that Mm -hmm. was a big thing for him. Mm -hmm. I will tell you, he's not a writer. Okay. That won't, that won't be (laughs) No journaling for him. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because he also has ADD. Mm, So that mm -hmm. was always a very difficult task for him. He's more of a talk it outer Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. rather than a journaler. Well, that's good. I mean, if he's willing to talk it out with you, that is the opposite of escapism. Yeah. So that's good. If he's staying around people and then allowing, you know, just to be, just to be cognizant of the gluttony and that, you know, that he doesn't um, dive in. I think it's great that you are helping him, you know, assess the money management decisions on that. I think it's fantastic. So for him, his basic fear is of being useless, incapable, and incompetent. The childhood messaging he heard, it's whether or not you meant it or not, it's what he's heard. It's not okay to be too comfortable in the world, which I think for him then also then shows up as let me help you, right? Like basic desire is to be competent, Uh, deterioration is like useless specialization. Like he's really good at like a random kind of thing, like, um, that he spends a lot of time on that's maybe not so helpful. And that's part of his escapism. Like, I don't know, does he have like a unique hobby or something? I don't, it's to me, it would be considered a unique hobby, but I'm sure there are others that do it. He's really into creating keyboards, like computer keyboards that are specialized, Oh, but he sells them. Oh, so I don't know if I don't think I wouldn't call it useless. I I think initially I might have thought it was useless, (laughs) but I see now it it does have value. Right. Well, and that's great if he's able to spend or sell them. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the message he needs to hear is you are not a problem and your needs are not a problem. And so making sure that he feels and that will bring him out of out of that um, escapism. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we're going to do the whole family chart at the end because okay. that that I think is very interesting. Um, him as the five, what does the evidence suggest? What does the data say? So he will, he finds security and facts and knowledge and facts, um, not as much feeling. So I think it's really important for you to know this, my 10 of hearts, that he he's going to need to be convinced by facts and it's not personal to you, mm-hmm. right? He needs, he needs numbers. He needs facts and it's, it's just not personal, right? Like he, he won't assess things by feeling. And then as six, um, what do others think? 
who funded this evidence. So it's interesting that you would give the example of that he got all his brothers together to make food for you because mm-hmm. as a six, they're very uh, group minded. Mm-hmm. So it is like organizing the group and like, what does the group think? And what does the family think? So that is very, very interesting. So as a, the Enneagram healing there is him being assertive. The destiny card uh, healing there is keeping a high, the high side, right? Mm-hmm. Like learning to manifest, learning gratitude um, for everything, keeping keeping that high energy on money so that he doesn't end up wasting or losing money. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> make sense. Okay. So second born son, he is an eight of clubs and this is the card of mental power. Um, and he has words of affirmation. So isn't this interesting? So as an eight of clubs, he is wants control over his thoughts. He has an as he has an abundant amount of thought, but he wants control over those thoughts. And the way he hears love is through your communicated thought, right? So words of affirmation is his, is his love language. And so for him, it is all in, all in the head. In fact, there was another, um, uh, guest whose family member was an eight of clubs mm-hmm. and she would say it was her husband. And she said, oh yeah, you just bullet point it for me. Right. Like he wanted it so efficient, mm-hmm. so controlled, so concise that it was like, tell me the story in bullet points. Like, and so again, this is somewhere where a heart could feel hurt or a two who just all we want is connection. Mm-hmm. All a two wants is connection. So then to have him come and say, okay, can you just give me the bullet point? Right. Like, give me mm-hmm. the bullet point. I don't know. Like, could feel hurtful, but knowing this is very empowering. So you can have your connected story because my, my bet is, is if you told him this very controlled story, then he'd probably open up a little bit more because he felt like there was room and, and he wouldn't have to hold all this space. Um, and then, and then we get what we want, the connection, right. Mm -hmm. That the twos want. Yeah. So eights are powerful, successful, and organized. They're often very wealthy. And the low side is that they can be impatient intolerant. Um, like we said, move over, I'm gonna do it myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and again, you two have very different experiences with eights and both of your boys are the, the, uh, your second born and third born are both eights. So you have this really unique experience. So I find that the eight in Enneagram is similar to the eight in right. That it's, it's numerology, right? Mm -hmm. So the eight experience is very similar. Mm -hmm. So knowing that you have the same bold part of eight, (laughs) but for him, eight is just empowerment. It is strong minded. It is strong willed. Yes. And, and he's just not easily swayed by others, right? He can, he will accomplish anything he puts his mind to Mm -hmm. and for best results, allow him to get his work done and then try to have conversations with him. Like kind of keep that separate. Eight of clubs. And as in the Enneagram, for him is um, nine wing one. So he is the dreamer. So this is a very interesting combination because um, eight of clubs is very strong willed and strong minded. Mm-hmm. And um, the nine of one, it's called the dreamer, but I, I can tell you my husband is a nine one and he is one of the smartest men 
on this earth. Like he yeah. is so smart and strong minded. So um, for them, a nine is the peacemaker. He is. And as a nine one, you guys both share in your experience of one. Mm-hmm. Of oneness. <laughs> well, we all share an yes. experience of oneness. <laughs> but as ones, you both can be principled together. You can both be judgy together. You can both want to do the right thing together. So mm-hmm. both parts of one are exercised there between the two of you. And so that could bring some bonding there for you. Um, you may find that you might have conversations, um, you know, a- around that. Do you find that you have one conversations with him? I probably think so. I mean, he's, to me, he's very analytical. He's very logical, Mm -hmm. very, like you said, um, strong in his thought Mm -hmm. um, and very principled, I would say, but still bordering on being that perfection Mm -hmm. person for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And he's super smart Mm -hmm. as well. Yep. So as a club, they are so smart. As an eight of clubs, he has abundant thought. Mm -hmm. Um, So as a nine one, their basic fear is loss of connection. And this can show up a lot of ways. Like it can, it can be really connecting, but it can also be like, I don't know, as a young boy, did he, was he more likely to like follow you around and not give you your space? Maybe when he was little, little, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. he, as he got older, he sort of had a mind of his own mm-hmm. and then he would kind of just wander off. Mm-hmm. If something didn't mm-hmm. suit him, he was out of there. You right. know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and again, this is very interesting combination, I think, because the eight of clubs is very strong minded, mm-hmm. but the nine of one, the nine wing one doesn't want to, is a little bit more, um, they, they refer to the image of that as like a wagon. Um, like they hitch their wagon onto someone mm-hmm. and like, just go along for the ride. Like, so it's like, ah, whatever. Like, and cause he took both of these tasks or one's his birthday. And then, and he was born here, right? He was born in the U S yes. Okay. Yes. Um, that would be the only thing that would change the destiny card on that. Um, so childhood messaging, it's not okay to assert yourself. Does he feel like that's... Uh, yeah, I would say he probably did get a message like that. Okay. Okay. And again, it, it yeah. might not necessarily mean that that's a message that you shared, but it's also that he heard, right? Yeah, and then, it's something, yes. That, right, that he heard. That he was afraid to assert himself mm-hmm. because he felt like he wouldn't get, like it, he wouldn't be acknowledged for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It okay. wouldn't be honored. Right. Right. And like if he had a need or a want and he wanted to assert that to a certain person. Right. He felt it wouldn't be heard and he wouldn't be honored. So that's interesting because nines tend to, that is actually a a drive that's not on here, but is actually a driving point to the nines Mm -hmm. is that they never felt like their needs uh, were met or that they could have needs. Mm -hmm. So as adults, it's actually harder for them to discern what their needs are because they they were never allowed to have needs. And so, so the needs, like with my husband, I'm always like, you know, well, what do you, what would you like for dinner? I'm always really encouraging him to, to choose mm-hmm. um, one, because, you know, I'm just trying to help him heal too. Um, but knowing that he needs to know it's safe for him to have needs or that it's okay for him to be safe that, I, and that I will meet those needs. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's not only one safe that you have needs mm-hmm. to, 
I love you enough that I'm going to meet those needs. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really important for your son to know is Mm -hmm. one, it's okay to have needs. And two, guess what? I'm going to meet them. And guess what? I think having dependence and knowing that the universe meets your needs too is, um, takes it out of the codependent relationship and into this universal trust. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there's just these moments where divine just talks through me. It's like, <laughs> okay. So to be a basic desire to be at peace, um, his deterioration is stubborn neglectfulness. So stubborn and being neglectful, but also stubborn. And it is like a subtle anger. So what I know of nine ones is there's a very subtle anger underneath that it maybe isn't like yelling, screaming. It is mm-hmm. like this very, just like hidden anger that then also shows up as stubbornness. Mm-hmm. And then the message uh, he needs to hear or needed to hear is that your presence matters. So I think to your point, like your needs matter, your presence matter, you matter. Yeah. I hope he knows that his presence definitely matters. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like, we're doing our work now mm-hmm. for our childhood, right? And so, yes. like, beginning this work with him now and that he can be aware of this now, he's already, you know, a, chapters ahead of where most people are. Mm-hmm. So often what a nine will say is, just tell me what I need to do to make this problem go away. <laughs> <laughs> and as a nine, um, so I told you about the wagon. And mm-hmm. then nine, nothing really needs to be done here. I don't need to do anything about this. What would you like me to do? Um, because they just want it to go away. Like mm-hmm. they nines don't want any problems. They just want it to go away. Like, what do I need to do? I just want this to go away. Mm-hmm. As a one, we need to get this done. Let's get it started now. And then, uh, like I said, so you guys have this shared experience around um, doing the right thing together. So in a way, that's that's really bonding. So the Enneagram healing for your son, he is nine is withdrawn. And one is compliant. So again, he's in the team assertive as well. So three of you now can um, can work on your assertiveness. So I think you could make this fun at home, you know, is, um, you know, putting something on the refrigerator. Like, may I have help with fill in the blank? You know, like maybe you think up some just cheeky, funny, um, you could just put like a sign on the refrigerator and like kind of make it funny and mm-hmm. fun. But the thing is, is like you're there. Everyone's going to learn that lesson. Like three of you now, and I don't remember, we'll see what the fourth one is, but three of you now need to get better about asking and be better about assertion. And so how can you do this together and, and have fun with it? Like mm-hmm. fun always wins, right? Like fun, it's always more fun to learn things yes. um, in a fun way. Absolutely. Okay, so third born son, he is an eight of spades. So as your um, second born is an eight of clubs, mm-hmm. he is an eight of spades. So a spades are all about intuition and work. They say if you want to get something done, give it to a spade. So I'm a spade. Mm-hmm. Like I love to work. I don't even know what I'm working. I don't want I'm not working. It's just like I just get things done. As an eight, he has to be careful to not become the workaholic because there is an abundance of work. He wants to be very controlled about his work. Um, so there is this potentiality there to um, become a workaholic. And um, But, you know, hopefully he finds 
something that he loves Mm -hmm. so that he doesn't work a day in his life, right? Mm -hmm. Like hopefully he finds something that, uh, but when, if he finds that his relationships are lacking because he is too engrossed in his work, then Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a good awareness building to know eight of spades can do that. Okay. So eights are all power cards, the power of work and intuition. Um, He wants control of work. And can lead to um, being a workaholic. Again, eights are powerful, successful, organized, and are often wealthy. So, um, you know, especially eight of clubs and the eight of uh, spades, right? They, um, they're they going to have a lot of abundance, a lot of power. I don't know if there's ever any alpha male challenges there with their eightness or if they get along really well in their abundance I mean, they don't fight. Okay. I mean, we all we all get along. I th- I think really well. Yeah. Well, I so think. you have every one of the suits. You are a heart. I know. Your That's oldest the is that the blew diamond, my mind. club, and spade. So yeah. I would actually say, like, the perfect team is one of each of you. Right? Is one of each suit because you bring different things to the table. You all bring a different perspective about life. So you view life through relationships. Right. You know, your oldest reviews life through matter and value. Right. Your second sees this through thought. Yeah. And then the third is intuition and intuition. gut. Like, so he and will be gut. more into like listening to his gut, but also about yeah. work. Yeah. So, I mean, this is how, what makes the world go round, right? Is yeah. like you have this amazing, all, all the pieces there collectively, which yeah. is amazing. So he, uh, my youngest, when he was very little... He was a little preoccupied for a while with death and what that meant. Mm And mom, how am I going to find you when we both die? How am I going to find you? Because he knew that we're always connected. And there are just moments through his very early life where he was, he would say things that you knew he was an old soul Mm -hmm. and he was so Mm -hmm. wise about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely, it makes sense to me that you would say his, like, I'm going to call it a superpower. It's into <laughs> It is. His I mean, language, as his, uh, yeah, how he relates his, his intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, sure. all spades are super into, I'm a, I'm a spade mm-hmm. like, and as an eight of spades, he's very intuitive. Mm-hmm. He is, but he is about work too. So you, mm-hmm. you do have to like watch that. But, um, I think there's a really great mind Valley, class if he is ever interested in if you ever decide to do mind valley there is one about using your intuition for work like using your intuition and it doesn't even have to be with mind valley it's just his particular example was about doing sales and that he wouldn't start at the top or the bottom he just went through and felt like which one which name jumped out at him Mm -hmm. and he would call that number and so he had the top sales because he just went by intuition rather than top to bottom Mm -hmm. so it isn't even that he needs to do mind valley um it's just that that particular story popped into my head but he could you know just you know and you can teach him how to use intuition like diving into how to use intuition but applying it to work i think Mm -hmm. would be great so he is an enneagram four wing five which is the bohemian which is (laughs) four is withdrawn and five is withdrawn so so for him his, we can talk a little bit more about him to figure out 
in what order? Um, because as a four wing five, do you feel like he leans more into like that firstborn achiever energy or or does he lean more into like that perfectionist energy? Or the two helper energy. I mean, but the, both of those are compliant. But do you see here when he is stressed, he goes to two. So when he is stressed, he becomes that codependent, people-pleasing, I give to get. When he feels mm-hmm. safe and and powerful and good, he goes to one, which is the best version of one, right? It is doing things right. There's a lot of people doing things right in your house, which is awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> When he, um, because he goes to one uh, in when he feels good. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but the other way that we can look at this is he is a four wing five. So you can also lean into three, which is uh, next to four. Okay. So, which is like the achiever, the motivator. Um, and so each of those numbers strengthens us to get to this trifecta of compliance of assertion and withdrawal because right now he has four or five so he is withdrawal and withdrawal (laughs) so which of these does he tend to um go to first what do you think i think it's split between the two and the one i think it really depends on uh, what's going on okay what the situation is but i think it's between those two okay but that's great because both of those are compliance. Yeah. So um, so he, we will say then for him, he has withdrawal compliance. So team assertion once again. <laughs> it's true. Everyone it's true. can play with the poster on the refrigerator door. <laughs> team assertion. This is actually really great because how awkward to be the man, the man out. Yeah. Um, so everyone can work on their assertion together, which is great. As a four or five, your basic desire is to be oneself. So uniquely himself, he right? He's the artist. Yes. He wants to be uniquely himself. Yes. His greatest fear is being without identity or personal significance. His childhood messaging, it's not okay to be too functional or too happy. Hmm. Childhood messaging, it's not okay to be too functional or too happy. And as the third, you know, is that parent messaging or is it, you know, I'm a third. (laughs) And I can tell you as the third, I was the maverick. Like I saw what everybody else did and I was going to like maneuver my way around mm-hmm. because I saw what didn't work for you. I mm-hmm. saw what didn't work for you. So I was going to use, I was going to maneuver my way around and do it the way I want to do it. So as a third, it can also be, okay, if I'm too happy or if I'm too functional, then that might not, that might not work and get what I need. Right. Because as a four, he wants to be unique. Mm-hmm. He wants to stand out. Yeah. So if he's too happy or too functional, then you know, fours, fours love to brood. Like the world doesn't understand me. I'm so unique that the world couldn't possibly understand me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if he's that dramatic. It hasn't come across that way to me yet. But um, he's definitely, 
um, strives to be an individual. I yes. will absolutely say yes. that for sure. Um, in his style of dress and his style of hair. I mean, just yesterday he got a, a Amazon package. I go, oh, what'd you get? And he goes, uh, it's a vest. So it, it's a beautiful vest. You know, it's uh, one of those, oh God, I can't think of what it's called now. But it's it looks really good on him, and it's yeah. like he goes, "They're really in right now, mom." And it's just like, "Yeah, I know they are," and it looks really good on you. So, so he cute. was so stylish, so cute. But he, I think he even said, "I go." He said, "It makes me look like I'm bohemian." Was oh my gosh, he said the word. Like he like said that word. Something oh, close awesome. to that, and I go, "Yeah, like a hipster, a hippie, a hippie." Nice. And I go, "You mean like a beatnik?" Because he's got a little goatee happening, <laughs> oh and he gosh. had the vest. And I go, oh, "Like you're okay. gonna go recite some poetry?" He's like, "Yeah." That's awesome. So it was the definitely artist. the artist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the artist. forest, the artist, the artist. So good. Yes. So never ever tell them what to do. I mean, as a parent, you have to, but you know, um, his deterioration, like I said, is people pleasing the victim, blaming others. So that give to get place, the Mm -hmm. low side of two. Um, and the message he needed to hear is you are seen for who you are and accepted Mm -hmm. so that he, you know, doesn't have to be extravagant, right? He can be who he is. So Mm -hmm. as a four, your feelings and intuition are a reliable source to guide you. And five, be objective. Look at the facts. Objective data is a reliable source. So again, the Enneagram healing, team assertion, assertiveness for everyone. <laughs> One big whopping uh, serve of assertion. We're on the assertion diet. <laughs> yes. And But I think there is such a cool opportunity to make that fun. Like, you know... Make like little, I'm seeing like little assertion cards, right? Like, okay, pick a card today. Like, how are we going to do this today? Um, You know, or having it on the refrigerator, but like seeing like a homemade deck of cards, like how to be assertive. Like, what are we going to do today? Yeah. Like, what are we going to do? But knowing that this is, comes from a place of self-love, self-worth, knowing you are worthy to ask for your needs, knowing that you're worthy to ask for what you want. And that when that happens, then um, it feeds this part of us that never believed we were worthy of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then Destiny card healing, softening that, Destiny cards, softening, right? Like just being aware of that, that workaholic possibility. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you want to pull out your chart, this one, or did I give you that? I don't have. Whoops. (laughs) I was trying to keep it simple. There you go. Okay. So if you want to pull out your grand solar spread, we see that. um, So we read this chart top to bottom, right to left. So the eight of clubs is, and it is in the order of the planets and each of our planets have different energy that exists. Like when, you know, it's Mercury retrograde, like all the, cause it's about communication. And so all the computers go crazy. All the electronics right. go crazy. Yes. Right. And so right now Mars, right now Mars is in retrograde. Okay. And so just, you know, being extra careful and kind to not ruffle feathers right now until January 12th, um, I think is really important. So, so, for the Eight of Clubs, he is connected, Mercury, Venus, Mars. So you and Eight of Clubs is a Mars relationship. 
So Mars relationships can work really well when you're faced the same direction. So the fact that you are in a family together, you can face the same direction and make miracles happen. If you find that the two of you kind of compete with each other sometimes or can get fiery with each other sometimes, it is just the Mars energy. Mm -hmm. Um, As we continue on, we have um, Jupiter Saturn. So the brothers, Saturn is like our teacher energy. It is very karmic in nature. So the two of them are really good for each other. They're going to teach each other a lot of things. What I thought was very interesting was that the three of you in this lifetime, the three of you are all connected, but little seven of diamonds up there doesn't really have energetic connection. He has some on the other side, which we'll get to for okay. the past life. So he doesn't feel entirely out of the picture. But do you ever notice, does the seven of diamonds, which is firstborn. your, yeah, your firstborn, mm-hmm. um, does he ever feel a little separated from everybody else? I don't know. It might be interesting to, to ask him. Yeah, to it'd be interesting to ask him to see if he ever feels that because energetically you guys have stuff going on and you as the 10 of hearts to the eight of spades, he is your Venus. So that is like how you love. That is like the ultimate love. So that's your youngest. Uh Um, So it may, you may have always thought it was this, Oh, it's my baby. He's always going to be my baby. He's But he's also always going to be your Venus. So understanding and knowing. So like when, like I had a client years ago that was going through a divorce and she was, we were doing her cards and, and I was explaining, you know, Mars versus Venus. And, um, I, you know, there was somebody that she was starting to kind of date who was her Mars. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I should, I should end up with my, my Venus. And, um, and I was like, well, I'm like, mm. you know, Mars is super passionate. It can be very sexual, mm-hmm. um, but it can also be like, not that I'm not saying it's sexual here, um, yeah. but it can be very passionate. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's can be passionate arguing, but it can also be, from a dating perspective, it can be um, incredibly sexual. And so I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, maybe you should date your Mars first (laughs) and then find your Venus, right? Because Venus is like the ultimate love. It is like universal love. It is, it, it's amazing. So as you and, and you are, you and your son are Venus, which is just like the ultimate love, so, um, so the three of you have energy connected, but seven of diamonds on this chart doesn't mm-hmm. have any energy connection. So I'd be curious to see if he feels that way. And is that because the, this, eight, this eight is one row above us? Yeah. So it goes right connects? to left. So it goes like this. So by the time, by the time seven of diamonds gets to here, uh-huh. it's out of out of planets and connection. Okay. So, so if you want to flip it over though. Okay. So this is past life. So the same experience that your seven of diamond is having, um, in this life, you may be having in a past life life. experience. So I don't know if it ever feels like boys club ever in your house a little bit. It felt more like that with my uh, brothers growing up. Okay. And I was the only girl. Okay. Like boys club. Okay. It doesn't so much, maybe a little bit, but it's, it's nothing that bothers me. Okay. In this life. Right. Anyway. Okay. 
Perfect. Because I am the queen. That's right. <laughs> princess. Yes, princess. Which is good. And I, you are an incredible manifester. So I also believe you manifest beyond energy, right? So um, I think you hold high thought. I think you do an excellent job of seeing what you want and mm-hmm. you make that happen in your life. So I think there is something very powerful to speak to that. For the boys, this I think is very interesting. Past life and past life shows up can be very intense in our life, but it also can be like this memory of like, wow, I remember this. Like this feels like I recognize this. Mm -hmm. I recognize it. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting is horizontal is the most powerful connection. Vertical is the second most powerful connection. And uh, diagonal is the third. So each of your boys are have at least one Venus connection. So eight of clubs mm-hmm. is diagonal Venus to seven of diamonds. Mm-hmm. And seven of diamonds is vertical Venus to eight of spades. So does it show up that both boys look to the seven of diamonds for consult or love or care? I don't know if they look to it, but he provides it. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he looks out for them. He you know, is almost like a teacher or like a parent sometimes mm-hmm. in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and to know that they all have that Venus experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the eights don't. I mean, the eights get to share in their abundance and their control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so they don't have that past life connection. But That's right. But they have um, a present life um, Saturn experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that is that chart. So. Um, I think it'd be interesting to ask them, you know, how this feels to them. Does this feel like Venus energy to them? Does this feel like Saturn energy? Again, the Saturn energy is very teaching. It is, Mm -hmm. they are our teachers. There's a lot of karmic energy there. Um, And does it feel like Mars with you guys? Like, does it feel like Mars sometimes with you guys? It can be very passionate. It can be, it can be very fun, but then you can also fight pretty big, but then it's kind of over. Yeah, I guess so. I, 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 what we do, I don't feel like we really fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, there'll be sometimes when I get a little upset with something that's gone on and I just right. need to speak my piece and then I'm done with it pretty much. Right. And they're all done with it too. Right. So maybe it's that. Right. Maybe that's the Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it'll be really interesting when um, you start playing this sort of card game. <laughs> like, what happened? Maybe Can this is like a, a new business idea. Sell yeah. Some, sell For some, real. So many. Seriously. <laughs> I actually think that that's like a really great idea. And so, yes. Yeah, so, for life stances, again, amazing. You have the heart, diamond, club, and spade. That is mm-hmm. all amazing. You're all team assertion. So, that is amazing. And um, the one final piece to just kind of think about is if you see on the chart, you see eight, nine, and one, they all deal with anger. Um, If you look two, three, four deals with image and shame, you're back to the Enneagram chart. And four, five, and six all deal with fear. So Mm -hmm. this is kind of this overall like kind of umbrella uh, undertone of our life Mm -hmm. that, that pervades all of our decisions, all of our actions, all of these things. And so for you, image is um, the two. And so it is shameful if our kids don't act right because, you know, it could embarrass us or it could, um, It what is that going to do to my image? So mm-hmm. we always compare against what would this do to my image 
as, as we're trying to figure things out in life and the things that will upset us the most. Like I, I look back at my, my younger mothering self and mm-hmm. I would be, get really mad if the little hungry toddlers like threw a tantrum <laughs> yes. in the middle of the, you know, mall or yeah. something. Yeah. But then I ended up looking like the bigger jerk because I threw like a bigger tantrum because I was so embarrassed. This image before I recognized this and before I knew it was image that was driving my response mm-hmm. that I got so upset, but it was my image that was triggered by their Behavior. meltdown. Yeah. 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 But, it, but so when you can understand that and throw compassion there and understanding and pause and say, wait a minute, is this just my image responding? And you're like, yep, it is. Like, take a step back, pause, and yeah. just have that awareness. Yeah. I have many stories because boys like to wrestle. And it doesn't matter where they are. They will wrestle. <laughs> so I was in Macy's and I told the boys, I just we, I just need to return something. Just my two older boys with me. Um, can't tell you how old they were. It must have been before my other son was born or he was very little at the time. Mm-hmm. And... I'm standing in line waiting and it's finally getting to be my turn. And what's happening behind me is my two boys are wrestling. <laughs> so I had to turn around and I said, stop loving each other so much. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> the, sales good lady, the sales lady just started laughing. It's like, what can you do in that instance? So it's like, because I didn't want to yell at them. Because I knew, I knew I didn't want attention for that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in my, in my head, mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, what can I, what, what, what's my comeback here for this? Right. Oh, so, I and then, love I, and then that. you know, even though I probably, I probably could have front loaded them a little better and said, okay, I want you guys to keep your hands to yourselves and, right. you know, just hang by me. But you know, it, ha- what happened, happened. What can you do? Right. But, and I you know, love as a heart. <laughs> And as a heart, <laughs> you loving. said, stop loving on each other like that. Like, yeah. look at that. Like that. Because that is how you view the world. Yeah. Right? So again, you view through heart. You know, mm-hmm. one views through thought. One through views through matter and value and the other through work. Mm-hmm. And so, and intuition. But so just as you are image and uh, your youngest, four wing five, is also image. Okay. But so, but for him, you know, how unique can I make my image? Yes. How, yes. Um, you know, and I also think as the helper to pay attention, am I helping because I want to help? Or am I helping because this looks good for my image? Oh, okay. All right. Right? So, yeah. like, is it authentic help that I'm offering? Or am I offering because it looks good? Mm-hmm. Right? And so... Just beginning to have that awakening and that awareness. And there's no good, there's no bad. It is right. just it is. awakening and okay. knowing what's the driving force behind our decision. The five wing six is fear. And so for him, he this is why he loves facts. Facts are dependable. Mm-hmm. He wants to know what are the escape routes? What are, um, you know, what is the information? Who can I you know, what, what is it that I can depend on? Um, because he, he needs, he is working through fear. So he needs to pay attention and do what he needs to do that, um, makes him feel secure and safe. Mm -hmm. And then, um, your nine wing one as anger, he doesn't want to feel anger. 
he wants to dismiss his anger, but then it shows up. One, it can show up as stomach issues. You want to watch that. Um, But also because they're trying to swallow, they're trying to swallow their feelings and swallow their anger. And, and, but then it can become very like, uh, you know, this underneath anger, which is worse and, and the stubbornness. And so, noticing and watching and I can't wait for your family to listen to this all together like I want you all to watch or all to listen (laughs) and take notes take personal notes for yourself and like have a conversation about it as a family like Mm -hmm. wow like how do you do image and what does fear mean to you and you know what does anger mean to you and and how can we work together and how can we all be more assertive together (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that would be great yeah. The family I, who asserts together stays together. Oh, so good. Well, they certainly will fight less, right? Because, and not, I they mean, I know really. you don't really fight. Yeah, they I know don't. you don't really it's fight. So, it's, I'm so feeling but, so blessed because of that. Yes. Yeah. Which is so good, which is so good. But I think yeah. feeling even more satisfied in your life because you are getting your needs met, right? Mm-hmm. And asking for your needs, then there is a new level of personal satisfaction that shows up in life. Do you have any questions or any thoughts on everything? I know this was, I, we it's definitely stuffed the turkey. I yes, know. <laughs> we did. We stuffed the turkey. We did. But I'm excited. I think it's really interesting. And I love that there's so much connection mm-hmm. because I, uh, on a, um, just a soul level, I feel it mm-hmm. within my, with my boys. I mm-hmm. really feel that. And um, I'm just grateful for it. Yeah. And you have yeah. such a special relationship with them. It's yeah. so, it's so amazing. Yeah. And so. my hope is that all of this will bring you even closer together as a family. Yeah, I'm sure it will. So good. I hope they're as excited as I am. <laughs> I think listen, they will. Listen to yeah. the podcast together. Well, I fun. think when we understand our playbook and honestly, I'm telling you, I have already talked to some people that have implemented their playbooks Mm -hmm. and they're like not even the same people. It is like amazing to see how much their life has changed by this simple awareness and then implementing it within their families. It's incredible. So I can't wait to have you back and you can tell me all about it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for being here. And I can't wait to hear how it all plays out. Yes. Thank you. Me either. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. What was your takeaway from today? What surprised you the most? I would love to hear in the comments down below. And of course, if you loved this, thank you so much for following, giving this episode a five-star review and sharing with your friends. And if you want more inspiration, please join my love letter at lovehealthrive.com for my weekly inspiration and meditation. And as always, love yourself enough to heal and heal yourself enough to thrive. Take care.